Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And this is Brooms Part Two. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you're like, ah, shit, I didn't listen to Brooms Part One, no worries. It's entirely new information that that is not dependent on the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about how to make a broom in a more traditional sense because I'm a crazy person and went way down a rabbit hole of how to make brooms and, and then I needed to share it. And it's our podcast, so fuck it. (laughs) I actually think it's really interesting. It is super interesting. And this came about because there's so many cool artists out there that are still practicing traditional hand-making broom techniques. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, man, how hard is it to make a broom? And then I found a broom-making class. And I was like, oh, okay, now I'm on to (laughs) something. And that's how we ended up here. (laughs) (laughs) So... We'll, we'll share a little bit about how to make brooms and what a traditional broom looks like, where it comes from, all that goodness in a little bit. But first, we are going to light our ritual candle. Yeah. Air guitar. <laughs> I like that. Sorry, I got to talk into the mic. I like this. <laughs> I like the sizzle that matches make <laughs> that. <laughs> that always makes me smile on the inside. <laughs> so candles lit. We are recording again on Memorial Day weekend because we have time. Yeah, and then you know it's this is pretty far in the past for everyone that's listening today or in the future, but. It is, as we've been recording, kind of a gloomy weekend, which means my plans for getting my vegetable garden in the ground are thwarted. And now I'm starting to do the like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. (laughs) Do I I skip a vegetable garden this year? Like, I'm going to obviously plant seedlings. We've discussed my seedlings all died. But I'm going to go get seedlings from Ricky's Garden Center here in Somerville, but I don't know. Now I'm doing the like, is it too late? I don't think it's too late. I mean, it's probably not too late. I, I don't, it's cuspy. I don't like, <laughs> yeah, I think you could still get some stuff going. It's probably going to be easier if you just get it already partially grown, though. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely going to get the biggest, <laughs> healthiest plants. This is not the time for me to be fucking around with the like, oh, but this one's broken. Yeah. <laughs> I can fix it. <laughs> yeah. Although I did get a very derpy um dwarf sunflower i bought three dwarven dwarf sunflower (laughs) dwarven sunflowers yeah (laughs) about three dwarf uh sunflower plants and one of them was like like one of them was like lopsided with five leaves that were all yellow and i was like that one even the guy bringing me in was like do you want to pick a different plant i was like no (laughs) 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 and it's great now it's like it's thriving it's probably all the rain (laughs) probably yeah yeah, it has been pretty miserable. I also wanted to plant stuff this weekend, but it's been shitty and I haven't bought anything to plant. So I'm waiting until next weekend now. Yeah, my biggest thing isn't the like rain to get out there and stick it in the ground. It's I have to clean the garden beds up a little bit. Like, But my front garden with all my herbs and flowers is doing amazing. I've got new colors of lilies coming in. Ooh, good. I had two colors of irises this spring. My foxgloves are going crazy. Awesome. So I've got a lot going on in the yard that's very lovely and productive, but I really want to get some potatoes and tomatoes and that sort of stuff going. Feel a little behind. You can do it. I think I can. It'll be fine. 
I don't know. If you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, no, don't even bother. Or I don't know, maybe you're like, "Mm, I think I've got time too. If you've got time, I've got time. I'm right there with you. Send us pictures of your gardens, things that are growing well, things that are not going well, things that you're like, ah, fuck, I'm just going to put it in the ground this week. I'll share mine if you share yours. So (laughs) share all the gardening photos with us. You can find us at 5C2P pod on Gmail or on the, on, on the podcast. Yeah. On the Instagram. There we go. (laughs) I am having a hard time talking today, man. So you can find us on Instagram, DM us, send us photos, tag us in your photos, whatever you'd like to do, but we'd love to see your gardening pics. Yeah, we sure would. I have. Some other fun update news, Uh-oh. though. We got Django Snuggles this <gasps> morning. No way, dude. Yeah. So he's been kind of more, I don't know, snuggly isn't the right word. He's definitely not more snuggly. But he is more needy and n- wants attention a lot more lately. And I think it's because Kenway started to give less fucks. He's still like, we'll play with him and sleep with him and like that sort of thing. But Django wants like, like a bestie and wants attention. Mm-hmm. And Kenway's just like, you're there. I've got, yeah, like, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kenway wants all the attention from us, but Django wants all the attention from Kenway. Therefore, when Kenway is on the bed, Django also now needs to be on the bed. When he wakes up in the morning, he announces his presence for 20 minutes. (laughs) He'll just walk around the the floor of the house and just be like, meow, 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 like all over the place being like, like, what do you want? And so I talk to him and he talks back, doesn't seem to want anything. And then he'll jump up on the bed. And the last couple of mornings, he's been like trying to find a place to like lay down and sleep. So he flops down on his side, usually between us, as long as Kenway's also on the bed. But today, he made his biscuits. He's very good at making biscuits. (laughs) The boy has some fucking talons for claws, too. (laughs) (laughs) And so he made his biscuits. And then he kept like getting up. We'd shift and he'd be like, "Eh, nah. Now what do I do? And he'd get up and reposition. One of his repositionings, he ended up on Dan's leg. <laughs> so he had his little head all propped up against Dan's leg, making biscuits. It was so cozy. First thing I did notice, I look over and just like, <laughs> just long trail of drool <laughs> down, like from his lips down onto the blanket as he's just eyes closed, making biscuits purring. <laughs> he was so cute. That he's, is so cute. He's, yeah, he is. He is painfully cute. Still not a huge fan of being cuddled or pet, but at least he's on the bed with yeah, us. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting closer. Yep, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now when I pet him, he doesn't necessarily like tense up and run away. He just sort of now looks back at me and goes, Ehh. and I'm like, yeah, I know you don't like it. <laughs> and then I stop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that he's coming around a little bit. Yeah, so, a little bit. So special. <laughs> he's very special. <laughs> Very cute, though. Very lucky to have him. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't we take a little break and come back and talk about brooms? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. We'll be back so soon, witches. Thanks, dude. Okay. So, 
as I said, top of the episode, I went down this weird rabbit hole of <laughs> modern brooms and corn brooms. And honestly, I'll back it up just a second. The whole reason, aside from the obvious like witches and brooms, the whole reason I wanted to dive into brooms and broomsticks and witchcraft and the relationship there is because I've seen and noticed a resurgence of that like old school corn husky looking whisk broom mm -hmm. in a bunch of the little cool general stores and that sort of thing that I like to shop at. Now, I grew up with my like kitchen broom, like the broom my mom had was one of those like corn brooms. Mm -hmm. And I always thought all brooms are corn brooms until <laughs> I like became an adult, moved out and was like, oh, they're really hard to find. And I've always kind of wanted one, even though they're like, they're not any better than an actual broom and, or like a, a nylon broom. Right. But I recently was like, oh, you know, I could just, I wouldn't mind having like a nice little like corn broom to like whisk up around the litter box and just be like, that's the broom for just that yeah. kind of thing. They're fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> They're so expensive. <laughs> I found one at like Boston General Store, which is a great shop here in the Boston area, but it was like $45 oh, wow. for a fucking whisk broom. <laughs> and I was like, this is why we have plastic ones. <laughs> which like, so th this led me down a deep rabbit hole of why are these so expensive? Do I even want one? We should talk about brooms. And here we are. Episode two on brooms <laughs> is all about the corn broom. So the, this sort of like modern idea of a broom is thought to actually be an American innovation. So brooms or besoms, as we talked about last episode, have been around for centuries, but uh, this sort of idea of like handcrafted broom, or sorry, the handcrafted broom as well has been around for centuries. And it sort of varies between regional aesthetics and plant materials and traditions and uses. But this sort of Americanized idea of a corn husk broom is thought to, the story goes, at the end of the 1700s, a Massachusetts farmer used the long seed tassels of sorghum to make a broom for his wife instead of the more traditional bundle of twigs or besom. Now, sorghum is kind of like corn, makes tiny grains that are mostly used in North America to feed livestock. It's got these sort of like wispy tassels and the wispy tassels trapped the dirt rather than just sort of pushing it around. And that made it better for sweeping than anything used before. Thus, the corn broom was born. Now, it's not really corn, and it wasn't the first broom, and it wasn't the first time people did this either. <laughs> <laughs> so people had actually been using sorghum in the Mediterranean since the Dark Ages for brooms, oh. because that's what they had available. Yeah. So this, wasn't a, like, this isn't a new idea. It's not a new handcraft. Right. It's very old and traditional, but like so many things... It was invented in Massachusetts, quote unquote, <laughs> and <laughs> now it becomes the American corn broom. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, fine. <laughs> but the, the biggest part of this was um, it didn't take very long between when this sort of Massachusetts farmer made a corn broom and the shakers got a hold of it and made it better. So... When this, the um, original 
corn broom was still a besom. It was still a stick with a bundle of corn and this like a, a bundle of sorghum attached to it still at in the that, end. Like, circular shape. Still in the circular shape. And the shakers were like, hmm, I think we can make this better. And so they took it and innovated on it in the early 1800s. So again, all things considering, not very long between one to the other. And they basically decided to make them more efficient by clamping the bristles in a vise and hand-stitching the sorghum, which was something they couldn't do before when it was twigs. Mm -hmm. So this was soft enough that they could actually like bundle it like a besom and then flatten it and stitch it flat. And that made the bristles wider in what we now know as the traditional prim shape. Oh, yeah. Way more efficient. Yeah. Way more efficient, covers more area, it's more precise. Yeah. And then everybody went, oh, shit, brooms are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then it really took off. <laughs> it became, like, it became super popular. I went way deep into sorghum as an agricultural crop in history of the Americas. Oh I went down some weird rabbit holes this week. <laughs> but at one time, like, this was a major crop for the U.S. And it sort of started on uh, like in Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and then started moving west from there. And it grows in a lot of different climates. But basically anywhere you can grow corn, you can grow sorghum. Mm -hmm. And that made it really easy to grow, really popular. You can use the seeds to feed your livestock and then use the wispy bits to make brooms. Double, like double use and... Yeah, it was it was a major industry for a very long time. Now, do do people still grow a lot of sorghum in the US? I don't know that I've like heard of that being um like a really big industry these days. No, it's not as much anymore because people have moved away from corn brooms to plastic brooms. Oh, okay. So, now now that you can buy a nylon plastic broom, then this has become uh, more of a tertiary crop. Like there's still a demand for corn brooms and there's still a demand for sorghum, but we'll get into the actual botanical side of it in a second. But the like the crop coverage, for example, in Iowa, originally this was their major crop. So in the 1800s, when this became really popular through to the early 1900s, it was one of like their premier crops. In the 70s, there was less than 10,000 acres. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, it like it basically dropped dramatically. There's just not a demand for it. Right, right. Yeah. So, I want to talk a little bit about the plants because I like plant shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's, um, there's a couple of different types of sorghum. So, you've got the, like, Basically the OG brim corn. And this is the sorghum bicolor. This is a really close relation to sweet sorghum, which is used to make molasses. Oh. And bicolor sorghum is a type of millet. So this actually originated in Africa. And it's a millet that people can eat, that livestock can eat. It was a really hardy, really popular crop. And um, it's actually a species of grass. Uh, very, and again, very much edible. Also used to make ethanol randomly, grain oh. alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it grows all over the world now. It's still grown 
as millet for food. So birdseed, um, livestock feed, people food, uh, ethyl alcohol. uh, I can't, again, can't talk today. (laughs) (laughs) Ethyl alcohol. (laughs) Uh, Still very, very popular crop worldwide. But as the corn broom trade took off as an entire industry, it was discovered that uh, bicolor sorghum isn't actually the best sorghum for broom making. Oh, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I went down a rabbit hole. (laughs) So it's not. So sorghum technicum is, um, it looks like corn. But without the ears of corn, and it's got that like tall stalk and the wavy sort of grassy fronds at the end. Yeah, yeah. But those fronds don't grow as much seed, and they're a little thicker and a little longer and a little straighter. Oh, okay. Basically, they bred corn broom corn. Yeah, hops, husky shit. All sorghum. right. Yeah, that, I <laughs> yeah. mean, yeah, I can see where that sounds like it's better for sweeping. Yeah. yeah. So they they basically cultivated and and bred sorghum for brooms. So when you buy a whisk broom or corn broom now, that's likely what it's going to be made of is sorghum technicum. And these like fibery tassel bits are really long. They can grow up to like 36 inches. Holy and, shit. And this was something cool that like they're, they're really tall. They're like five to six feet tall. And the last 36 inches are these, I'm actually waving my hands as I record this, <laughs> are the wavy frond parts. <laughs> are they like a grass stalks that you use for your broom? And because they're so tall and they want to like sort of cure them and dry them out a little bit, they actually do something called tabling, which I had never heard of before. So before they're ready to harvest and the plant will go from sort of a yellow color to a grassy green color. And when it starts to turn that grassy green is when you want to table it and you basically come along, you bend the stalks down (laughs) in between the rows and you make a long, low table. Oh. It's called tabling. And yeah, so they bend them over and it prevents the moisture from like the basically the end of the plant starts to die a mm-hmm. little bit. And then they cut them off and they'll actually take those like ends and put them on an actual table to dry for a little bit, usually less than a day before they're hung in a barn somewhere or a warehouse or whatever, but they're hung up to dry and cure properly. But yeah, I never heard of tabling before. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that is. I, I'm going to look up some pictures of that now <laughs> because like, I know I am imagining it in my head in a way that's probably not actually what it looks I, like. I'm sure it's actually very close. Oh, it's really? Like, if you just imagine you're standing in two long like rows of these tall corn stalks, essentially, yeah. and then you break them all off at shoulder height so that they're like, there's just like, as you're walking behind you, just like bend them for like bend them forward so that they make this long low platform and the row like in the space that you're walking behind you <laughs> it's i don't know it's it, it's it's exactly as described <laughs> but you want to do this and catch them before they start to turn red so i guess the plants go from like sort of a yellow color to a green color and that's prime sorghum time okay. and then they'll turn red or sometimes like bleach out and get kind of white and if they start to turn red it's too late then they're the shitty sorghum. Oh, so what happens? <laughs> is it like too... It's too dry and brittle, I guess. Oh, okay. But that's why when you find different um, corn brooms and whisk brooms 
um, in the stores, sometimes they'll have a, like a really like yellow color. Yeah. And sometimes they'll have that sort of like almost pea green color. Yeah. Pea green color is the really high quality shit. Oh. So this is where I started to put it all together where I was like looking at the corn brooms and like, why the fuck is this $45? And then I was like, oh, because somebody actually had to grow this. Okay, cool. And they had to harvest it at the right time when it was green because this one was green. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is high quality sorghum. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then they have to like actually like make it and braid it all together yeah. and i was like uh, okay all right i guess this is a 45 dollar broom <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm sorry i'm not you know what i'm not sorry yeah, don't be <laughs> i sorry. found this fascinating <laughs> <laughs> now they still make seeds so even this like other type of sorghum still makes seeds they have to be uh thrashed 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 i just think thrashing because i think like you're just beating the fucking seeds out of them yeah that's kind of what i thought too yeah but apparently it's called threshing where you beat the seeds off of them oh okay so you <laughs> yeah that's exactly okay. what you want it to be <laughs> <laughs> and um and one of the reasons that like there's not a lot of industry for this anymore is because it takes a fucking shit ton of this to make brooms so like to make a traditional hearth broom, it takes 45 heads of broom corn. Damn. Yeah. So I think I read a ton, one ton of harvested sorghum makes 80 to 100 dozen brooms, which sounds like a lot until you realize how much a ton of sorghum is. And then it's like, that's actually not like in crop acreage. I'm like, yeah. This isn't terribly profitable yeah. because all the crazy people like me, that's like, I want a corn broom. I don't want to spend $45. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody's going to do this anymore. So I don't know. I, th I thought it was kind of nice. And then I went down this weird rabbit hole of like, well, can I make one? Like, cause there's all these fucking gorgeous brooms out there. When you start looking for them, there are some really nice corn husk brooms yeah, that are really braided, are. like beautiful braiding and plating and like true craftsmanship. And, a lot of them will incorporate witchy shit into it. Yeah, they will. And I just thought that was awesome. So, <laughs> so I wanted to learn how to make a broom. All right. So what did you learn <laughs> about making a broom? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a podcast. This is not even a YouTube or a TikTok. <laughs> so this is going to be our flyby of how to make a broom. These are the steps associated. I'm sure that there are hundreds of YouTube videos. And I know there's definitely books and articles out there that have gorgeous illustrated or photographs or whatever of like step-by-step -step how to do this. There are classes. There's an entire school and university in Virginia that will teach you. The, like It's part of their curriculum. Oh, awesome. It's it was very cool. Uh, but there's all kinds of like cool resources out there. This is the Ronnie's Guide to Making a Broom on a <laughs> podcast where I can't show you what we're doing. <laughs> so, step one. You ready, Lindsay? I'm ready. You're going to prepare the stocks. Okay. So you're going to measure them. They should be at le least one cut bit in length. What's a cut bit? It is the distance between the crook of your elbow and the tip of your index finger. That's really long on me. <laughs> I know. I love that it's different on everyone. 
what a ridiculous unit of measurement. Right? <laughs> yeah, because your arms are at least three inches longer than mine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're dorks and we measured. <laughs> like a couple of 13-year-old boys. <laughs> and uh, my... my c- cut bit. Thank you. My cut bit <laughs> is 15 inches and three quarters. Yeah, and mine is 16 and three quarters. Right. So I guess it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, it's not that big of a difference. But I don't know. It still seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to measure, and they should be at least that long. So I guess a longer is fine. And, And then you're going to basically trim, like, some of them. So... You're going to divide all of these into two bundles and the first 28 bundles, first 28 stocks are for the inside layer and 17 approximately are for the outside layer. So the inside ones, you're going to trim them so they're all the same length. The outside ones, if you have the one, like any that are like longer, you're going to keep those for the outside layer and you're going to set those aside. It's okay for them to be longer because you're going to braid them later. Oh, okay. So... You've measured, you've trimmed, now you're going to soak them. And you're going to put them in a bucket of hot water for 15 minutes, and the cut ends go in the water. I don't really know what this does, but you have to do it. It was in, it was in all the instructions, so. Well, I guess it probably makes them more pliable so that they can be yeah. worked with, and they're not just going to, like, snap. Yeah, probably. Maybe it also, like, I don't know, keeps them from fraying or something. I don't really yeah. know. So that's, that's step one, preparing the stalks. Step two is the handle. Now, we talked about this in last episode on different types of wood. When you're thinking about a corn broom, they were a little less specific. They were like, you yeah. could use a dowel. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to ride around on it, it's probably a little more specific than if you just want to sweep with it. Yeah. So there's lots of different things. What I did like is there were a few makers that um, outlined like, yeah, you can use a modern dowel, but... You know, because I'm witchy and I think that's lame. So there was definitely more options. They were like, you could look for a rustic. If you want a rustic look, you could choose a straight branch with or without the bark. You want it to be at least 18 inches for a hearth broom or longer for like, you know, a normal whatever sweep your floor broom. And you want to make sure the wood is dry. So that was the biggest thing. And we mentioned that in the last episode as well of like curing your wood. Mm -hmm. And so if you use green wood, you don't really know what you're going to end up with by the time that it's dry. It might split. The bark might curl. That's bad luck. And so you might want to um, do this ahead of time and let them cure. Let them hang out in a dry, warmish place for six months. And then see what happens. Wow. It takes a long ass time That's for wood really to dry. a really long time. Yeah. Wood takes like six months to dry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're going to get a hatchet involved. You're going to take your dried chosen branch and you're going to sharpen one end like a spear. Ooh, fun. <laughs> I don't think you're actually, you have to sharpen it that much. But in my heart and mind, if this was my broom, there's a fucking weapon inside yeah. of it. <laughs> Basically, you just got to shave down one end. <laughs> And then you have to choose your cord. Now, this was also sort of artist's uh, interpretation. So most people use nylon cord because it's strength uh, for its strength and its longevity. Uh, and it's easy to get. So this stuff that you'd find at a hunting store for like securing duck decoys or craft stores or whatever, all fine. 
Uh, and basically you can also choose to use not nylon was how it went. Um, so you could choose to use like, um, hemp cord or macrame cord also fine. You want it to be thin. That's the biggest thing is thin, but strong. Okay. All right. And like dental floss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the, the dental floss of broom making. <laughs> uh, and you know, if you are making this for uh, a witchy intent or purpose, you might want to color coordinate the string with oh, yeah. what you're making it for. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got your socks, you've got your handle, you've got your cord. Now you're ready to start tying this fucking broom together. Oh, cool. We're flying right along here. We are. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> so this is where we're a fucking podcast. And there's a million step-by-step guides out there where you can like really look at and follow along how to actually tie the corn stalks or the, the sorghum really nicely to your handle. I'm going to give you the cliff note version. Okay. So you're going to take your handle and you're going to drill a hole in it, at least like eight inches from the tip. That's where the string goes. That's where you secure the string. So it's this tiny little hole in your handle. Okay. Like towards the bottom where you're putting the... Where you're going to put the the the, sorghum. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So you're going to do that. And immediately I got anxiety thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going to split my stick. (laughs) 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 But that's what you do. And you tie the string to the handle. So you tie it through that little hole. And then you start placing the inside layer one stalk at a time around the handle like a besom and securing it with the cord. So you lay one down, you wrap the cord around it. You lay one down, you wrap the cord around it. And you keep securing them with the cord, laying each one down. And you keep doing this until you've secured an inside layer around the entire handle. And then you're going to do it again and get it a second inside layer. This is a bushy broom. And then you're going to trim the ends. You're going to keep this string. So you need a lot of string. It's got to be really long. And you're going to keep it tight the entire time. There's like a weird, cool, like little like wooden dowel thing that you can like step on and keep it really tight. And there's a whole like tool system. We're not going to get into any of that. (laughs) (laughs) But you're going to do a second layer. And then you're going to trim the ends so that they're basically the same length. And you're going to trim the longer pieces around the handle. So you've been wrapping and wrapping and wrapping. And you're going to have all these like little stalks sticking out around the handle. And so you're going to trim those down. And now you're going to do the outside layer. And basically, same idea, one piece at a time. These are the longer stalks. And so they're going to get really tight. You're going to like think like you're tightening a corset on someone you hate. Ooh, <laughs> and you're just like going to get it real snug. And as you're wrapping this around the outside layer, you're going to and come to the end of your sorghum. And then it suggests, every single one of these suggested the same thing. Wrap the string around the handle at least 18 times, sorry, at least eight times really tight to secure it. So I don't know, the eight is the magic number for a broom. Okay. So you wrap it around, you just do a one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever, eight. Now, you've got a really tight bundle and it's kind of poking out on one end, short end on the shaft of your broom. And then it's sticking out all bushy and broom-like on the other side. So you've made a really nice besom. Okay. Now... We're not making besoms today. We're making 
modernized American shaker brooms. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, there's a couple other things here that you can do. You can plate it. You can take the longer ends that are like sticky now. You can bend them up. You can braid them around the handle. You can cover those like gnarly sticky outie bits that are around the shaft by braiding shit around them. Cool. It's a whole craft. It's fucking, some of them are stunning, but it's podcast. You braid it. Good. <laughs> braid it. Done. <laughs> and then last piece is you're going to sew it. So this is where you need a broom vise. So you need two pieces of wood who are, that are flat and attached basically by bolts and nuts. So you put the broom between it and you flatten it in a mm-hmm. vise. And then you start sewing. You usually use waxed hemp for this. And you just break the broom into like little chunks and you begin weaving and you do a lock stitch, which again, it's a podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, But you just like lock stitch around all these bundles and sew them all together. And then you do this three more times. So you've now stitched them together as a whole, but also flat in a flat shape. Okay. And you like lock that off, trim everything up. Ta-da, you have a broom. So cool. So, <laughs> that sounded really easy. <laughs> it's super not, I can assure you. I watched a full-length broom-making video from this university in Virginia that teaches that as part of a curriculum, and it was fascinating. And they do teach broom-making classes. You can go for a weekend, make a broom. But yeah, it's a lot of work. Wow. Like each of these steps is very tedious and time consuming and obviously practice makes perfect. And so, you know, when you see a broom maker, a true artisan, that's like, I make brooms by hand. Look how decorative and beautiful they are. Like anything else, I now have a true appreciation for the artistry and the work that goes into this. And I don't mind if I know these are especially made by hand. I no longer have that feeling of like, oh, fuck, why is it 45 Like, why is it $45 <laughs> for a whisk broom? Like, some of these are hundreds of dollars because they have different colors we- woven into them. They have different plating patterns. They have different grasses and different shafts and different, like, uses. And there was one in particular that sort of inspired me uh, that you had brought up, Lindsay, a broom maker that was like, they have some nice shit. Oh yeah. The, um, the blue Cypress botanicals them. Yes. Yeah. 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 So shout shout out to them. (laughs) They make some gorgeous brooms. So yeah, that is how you make a broom. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I appreciate everyone for indulging me on my weird little, (laughs) my weird little tunnel vision (laughs) this week. (laughs) We will take a right, right short break. And we'll come back and talk about broom superstitions and end with something a little more fun. (laughs) So psyched. We'll see you soon, witches. Oh, hi. Oh, hey. There's a bear. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> All right. We are going to wrap up our whole segment on brooms with a little broomstick superstition. Yeah, we sure are. 
So one of these ones that's at the top of the list reminds me of what we talked about last week when there was that woman who got in a whole heap of trouble for sweeping her neighbor's front step. And that is, you should never sweep on New Year's Day or you'll sweep away all of your luck for the coming year. It's exactly what they thought that she was doing to her neighbor. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right. In addition to that, (laughs) it's considered unlucky to sweep dust out of a door after nightfall. (laughs) Nobody's cleaning this house after nightfall. (laughs) I think I'm safe, man. I actually am a night cleaner. Oh, man. Yeah. My motor doesn't get running until like well after 5, 6 p.m. (laughs) That's when I'm awake. And that's when I'm ready to do stuff. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh, If a visitor is overstaying his welcome... You can stand up a broom behind the door of the room in which they are being entertained, and they will soon grow uncomfortable and leave. Yes. Nice. <laughs> now, the original copy of that defines the unwanted visitor as a he. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude, get the fuck out. <laughs> I did feel weird saying he, so I switched. I just found it funny. <laughs> Uh, To prevent the return of an undesirable overnight guest, you can sweep the room that they slept in as soon as possible after their departure. Ooh, like just get their energy out. Yeah, get their energy out, and then they might not want to come back. You can stand a broom beside the front door to bar the entrance of negativity. Okay. Um, And if you sweep under the feet of an unmarried person... He or she will never marry. My mom used to do that all the time. Really? Now, I I have been married, but I am not pro-marriage. So, I'll blame my mom next time she brings it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was like a, a busy mom. She was like, yeah. sweepy, sweepy, sweepy. She'd be like, move, move, She's move. Like, Get out she of would my just way. be like, pick your foot up. Pick your other foot up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that that one probably, probably not so true. But if an unmarried woman steps over a broom that's lying on the floor, it's said that she'll become a mother before she becomes a wife. Oh, my. (laughs) I'm sure that we know plenty of people that that's happened to. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What a besom. Good for her. Good for her, I say. (laughs) If somebody sweeps over your feet, you are in danger of going to jail unless you immediately spit on the brush of the broom. (laughs) That's weird. I'm sorry. That was just weird. That is super weird. It's very specific. Yeah, it really is. My feet have definitely been swept over. I guess I haven't been in jail in a while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And also, to bring rain within three days, you can dip a broom into a bucket of water into which dried fern has been crumbled and then hold the broom aloft. Shaking the water out to simulate rainfall. Oh, yeah. That actually uh, is a much more detailed version of one that I saw that was a witch can summon a storm by shaking a wet broom over her head. So this just has added steps. Yeah, that's super cool. I hadn't heard of either of those. Uh, A broom stood upside down before a door will keep a witch away. Okay. Now, which way is upside down? We ran into this problem a little bit with the like, which way are you supposed to fly a broom? So right. now I'm confused. Which side's the bottom? So storing a broom, 
you're not actually, everybody just puts bristle side down, just like leans it against the wall. That's mm-hmm. actually the incorrect way to store either a besom or a, a corn broom because it damages the bristles, or the oh. twigs. So the right way up to lean a broom would be handle down, bristles up. So maybe if you put it bristles down, handle up, a witch will be like, oh, oh no. It's offensive. I won't go in there. <laughs> if you throw a broom at a fisherman, you'll have good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one and it was one of my favorites. <laughs> what a weird and random thing. I know. Is it just any broom? Just any broom and any fisherman. <laughs> like, how do you, do you like spear it out of Oh, I would. <laughs> Now on Walpurgis knocked. If you're not using your broom, you have to hide it or another witch can commandeer it. Okay, that makes sense. That's that, just common yeah, that, knowledge. Yeah, it, I, seriously. <laughs> you don't just like leave your car keys laying around, do you? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, you should never burn your broom at sea unless you need a little wind. Okay. And this one I have heard before. Never take an old broom into a new house. Well, yeah. And I think that makes sense. You want to, yeah. like, if it's, you know, you want clean and fresh start, fresh energy. You don't want to bring all your garbage dirt from the last place. Yeah. It's kind of like a toilet exactly. brush. Nobody moves a toilet brush. Nobody moves a toilet brush. Don't move a toilet brush. Don't move a broom. No. Gosh, people. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Common sense here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed my tangential deep dive into brooms <laughs> this week. <laughs> Before we sign off, I actually wanted to go back to episode 82 about crystal starter kits for a second. So uh, we actually had a listener write in and drop us a line on their preferred, their recommended Five crystal starter kit. Ooh, fun. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. So brims were fun. And now my attention has swung a hundred percent in a different direction. <laughs> Look at us following up on an episode. I know, right? In a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> so so go back and listen to episode eighty-two, which is all about Lindsay and I's selection for five crystal starter pack for somebody who's just getting into crystals. Now this listener has written in almost what I would consider an intermediate pack. But oh, this cool. is there, and I'm not going to judge. I've already judged, but I'm not judging. <laughs> <laughs> so this is their five stones that they would choose to give to somebody who is getting interested in crystals. Oh, awesome. They would choose amethyst for protection, cleansing, and intuition. Jade. For harmony, abundance, and a strong earth connection. Garnet for manifesting wants, self-empowerment, and healing. Yellow or orange calcite for creativity, healing, sexuality, and strong sun connection. And kunzite for love in all its forms helps to heal, uh, hear your own heart's desires. And it's a solid little stone for sorting out your own feelings. I had never heard of Kunzite. I haven't heard of Kunzite either. So we learned something. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in a future episode. But 
I loved the like one, I loved getting mail. Two, I loved the follow up on a question that we asked. And three, I love that this listener specifically chose these stones for the very different colors because uh, that actually helps them remember what stone does which thing. Oh, okay. So if you have five purple stones, sometimes it can be difficult if you're not really familiar to know like this one is this thing that does that thing. Um, And I totally get it. I have two stones that begin with H and sometimes I get them mixed up with their (laughs) names. (laughs) So I I get it. So yeah, the different colors helps them remember what they do and which ones are which. And to top it all off, who doesn't like a full rainbow of stones? Right. Who doesn't? That's awesome. I love that. So So cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for for sharing that and giving us permission to, to share with all of our listeners. Yeah. Super awesome. Sweet. Well, Talked about brooms. We followed up on an episode. We are on top of our game. (laughs) I can't wait to see what we do for next week. We've got a whole bunch of fun stuff lined up for the summer. So much more reading and writing to do. Maybe even a few things to smoke. Yeah. Been a while. (laughs) Sweet. Well. Hope that you're getting a little taste of summer wherever you're listening from. Or maybe, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, a little nice winter. I always forget that it's winter for some of our listeners. (laughs) But I hope you're enjoying yourselves, getting some sunshine, drink lots of water. And remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally.